Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and just like Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, I'm always trying to figure out what that mouth do. I am Troy, and with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Rodzilla to my Hollywood. Well, let me tell you something, brother. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? Rodzilla. All right. Rod the it's bot, the greatest man. rebounder in history. I'll, I'll take it. I figured you would. You're a big basketball mark. <laughs> so there you go. Hey, I, you, I don't. Hey, Rodzilla, I, if, if there is one, resides in Golden State, stream on green. So I'll take it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, I don't know much about basketball, but during the 90s, it was kind of hard not to know about the Chicago Bulls. So, I mean, you had to literally be living under a rock not to know anything about them. I mean, I've brought up to you in the past, like back when uh, videotapes and VHS were a thing. uh, My uncle would record. (laughs) Right. Uh, My uncle had uh, a bunch of videotapes that I borrowed from him before the network was a thing. And half of the tapes were Nitro reruns and half of them were uh, Chicago Bulls in the NBA finals. That sounds about right. Yeah, so I was like, ah, cool, whatever. Get to see, uh, get to see Hollywood Hogan and and Ric Flair, and then you switch over and see Michael Jordan and uh, Scottie Pippen, whatever. <laughs> so, oh man, the nineties were wild, man. Best, uh, best um, decade ever. Yeah, I mean, fight me I on at- that, anybody. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I look back at it fondly. I mean. You know, I grew up during that time, obviously, but still, like, uh, it was a it was a good time to be alive, in my opinion. But either way, <laughs> today we are talking about WCW uh, Bash at the Beach, nineteen ninety seven, and this one, 
I will say now, I didn't. I thought it was a pretty good show. It wasn't going to change the world or anything, but it was good. Uh, it kind of did. Well, a little in, bit. In ways, yeah. It, it changed some landscape things we'll get into. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this was not Rodman's first appearance in WCW, but this was his first match, wasn't it? To my knowledge. Yeah, I was pretty had, sure. Uh, like a house show or dark match or something. But Yeah. So... Rodman stepped into the ring for the first time. Uh, if anybody remembers, he was at Bash of the Beach 1995 in the corner of Hulk Hogan, uh, but he didn't really do anything. He was just kind of a spectator uh, with Hogan at ringside. So here he was actually getting into the NWO angle, which I think, I don't know, man, I feel like it was perfect. Rodman in the NWO, it just personality-wise, I feel like it fit. And you want He to took it serious as hell, man. Oh, yeah. And you want to talk about, you know, like, is they were supposed to be, you know, the bad boys of wrestling and everything, and then he was the the bad boy of the NBA, and he was he was something else, man. I remember like nowadays it would be like, eh, whatever, you know, it's you know, the stuff he was doing would be considered like whatever. All the celebrities do that crap now. Back in the nineties, it was different, <laughs> and he stood the hell out. Plus, on top of that, he wasn't just, like, the weird dude in the NBA. Like you said, greatest rebounder in history. So there's something to be said for that. But we'll get into all that. Dude, the really? dude skipped a uh, 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 finals practice to be on Nitro. What right. other sport has been that dedicated? Oh, I know. It's, it's freaking nuts, man. And nowadays, you know, back in the 90s, it was acceptable for... You know, celebrities like we got, you know, Jay Leno and whatever coming in there. And oh, they obviously were, and they weren't good. Uh, Rodman, Rodman was pretty decent. He he took it seriously, like you said. Nowadays, it's kind of the thing where, you know, if if they get a celebrity, usually they try to take it seriously, like Bad Bunny and uh, Jake Paul. Jake Paul. I never thought I'd say in a million years, but. Right. Yeah. Was it, was it Jake or is it Logan? I always forget. That's. Uh, Wait, oh, you're right. It is Logan. You're right. Jake's yeah. The, okay. <laughs> Jake, yeah. Jake's the Jake is the uh, Matt Jackson, and then Logan is like Nick. Pretty good. <laughs> Let's get him away from the other crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jake. Jake Paul is is the, the one who shoots his mouth off and has comedy boxing matches. Yeah. So. <laughs> Against non-boxers. <laughs> God, I know. I I had seen recently the guy he was supposed to fight got hurt or pulled out or whatever the hell. It was Fury's son, and he couldn't have a visa or something like that. Oh, okay. I don't really pay attention to him, so I'm sure someone's going to go, well, actually. Yeah. Hey, come on. The events where he boxes at are pretty much comedy parody events of a a real boxing show. I dare anybody to say otherwise. They're they're freaking embarrassing. If this is a guy like Canelo, then we'll talk. Yeah, right. Although Canelo might accidentally commit murder too on him by accident but like rocket yeah. four but you know yeah right good lord <laughs> holy crap I, uh not saying i would hate it i'm just saying it wouldn't i'm not it. saying i would like it either I'm, I'm, yeah no. just, just saying uh, if he took on a real box we might get some serious trouble physically. yeah right right but either way uh we're gonna get into the news and notes here in just a moment there's quite a bit to touch on uh Time out here real quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks 
all one word, to get 15% off your order. It's Main Event Marks, all one word, to get 15% off your order at checkout. But now that that's all done and over with, we're going to take our first break of the podcast. When we come back, we're diving into the news and notes right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages, this is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. Real quick, we want to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form and you mix them into water. You can either choose from green apple or watermelon. You can also try both if you get their sample kit. Use our special link that is down in the podcast description, or you can simply go to shockedenergy.com at checkout. Use the promo code main event, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's promo code main event, and you're going to save 10% at checkout. This first news story is actually about a show that we covered now in the archives 
go check it out. WWF's you latest. Have Why have Exactly. Uh, WWF's latest in-your-house pay-per-view, Canadian Stampede, is in the books. Uh, going in, it seemed like one of the least anticipated pay-per-views ever, but it ended up being one of the best shows in WWF history, according to Uncle Dave. Uh, well, even then. Yeah, right. Uh, made even better by the Bizarro World crowd atmosphere. If people don't know what that means. How was that Bizarro World? Bizarro World is Toronto when they cheer the heels and boo the faces. This was smack dab in the middle of the Hearts uh, home. Like, how is that bizarre? It was meant to be that way. Didn't most of the heels, uh, or, or didn't most of, the, not the heels, but didn't most of the baby faces get booed all night, not just in the main I, event? I don't remember that part. Now, if you would have added that as some context, maybe I wouldn't be talking right now, but I don't know how it's right. bizarre when you take a group of guys, most of them are from there or been trained there, and that's bizarre that they're cheering for them? I guess it's because uh, it's different than the normal reaction around the world, but I also see your point with that. Uh, he did add a little Jesus. bit of context to this with saying that the Hart Foundation got one of the biggest baby face responses in history, and they worked the match and angles like baby faces as well, and they... Yeah, uh, which was surreal to see for everyone who isn't from Calgary. So, dramatic pause. Alberta, Canada. Good lord! You better get that right. Show some respect. Uh, basically, it was just completely strange to see these dastardly evil villains working like good guys and get a hero's welcome while Steve Austin and his team were booed out of the building. <laughs> I give them that. It is weird. Yes. I mean, yeah, so. it's normal, but weird, but normal. If anything well, I'm saying figured, makes sense. <laughs> well, you figure, I think that's what he was getting at with the Bizarro World thing. Because, yeah, they did, if you go back, they were like the biggest heels in the company at the time. And they worked completely straight like baby faces. There was no shenanigans and cheating and whatever else going on. Which I feel if they would have done that, it would have been okay. And they still would have got cheered like heroes. So, I don't know. Dude, they could have robbed a bank right before they walked into the Saddle Dome and been cheered. So, right, no, no like, matter what, <laughs> like Bischoff used to say about Ric Flair at a certain point, he said he could walk down to the ring, lighting fires on or lighting uh, puppies on fire and stomping them out, and they still would have given him a hero's welcome. It's true, but the show only had four matches because the WWF's roster is completely riddled with injuries, but they all delivered. None of the matches got less than three stars. Again, according to Uncle Dave. But it was a good show. I would agree with him on that. Didn't we give that like an A plus or A minus on that? Yeah. Um I didn't write down what you gave it. I gave it a like an eighty five percent basically, so like a B. I, I feel like I gave plus. it a Yeah. Most That's likely. Right I gave the main event five stars, so that should tell you something. Uh Undertaker Vader was really good. Uh, great Sasuke and uh, Takamishinoku was really good. Even Hunter Hearst Helmsley of Mankind was freaking great. So, I mean, oh, there you go. A, that was an all my match, if I remember correctly, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one where they crawled through the, <laughs> yeah. like, they'd pop up every like, now and then. If I remember right, I was like a smartass and didn't give it any rating until these last segments. <laughs> yes. So go back in the archives, check that one out. It was a very fun show. Like I said, only four matches long, but as Uncle Dave said, they all delivered. They were all great. So it's definitely worth a watch on Peacock. Yeah, I love to watch. Good Lord. This one, well, this will have you face palming if, if you're not already annoyed with Uncle Dave. 
No, uh, not annoying on, him at all. That he got a comment. It was a good show. He was actually right for once, in my opinion. That. Well, on Raw, Paul Bearer continued the angle talking about Undertaker's badly disfigured brother, Kane. The crowd seemed completely disinterested, and Uncle Dave says it was a, le- a lemon of a promo to go along with a real lemon of an angle. Yeah. Wow, how's that going to work out? Yeah, that's never going to pay off. They took Glenn Jacobs, who had like a bazillion failed gimmicks through his career already, and they gave him one of the most enduring characters of in in all of wrestling history. So yeah, a real lemon. (sighs) Jackass. It's a hey. It's opposite day, Greg. Uh, This is this one's kind of funny, knowing where it's going to go. EMLL wrestler Sean Morley got a WWF tryout last week. Oh, man. And he showed potential, but they decided that he's not ready yet, and they didn't sign him. Well, that would change here real soon. Uh, Sid had a problem with his uh, his sciatic nerve stemming from a car accident a few weeks ago. They want to do Sid versus Vader at SummerSlam, but they haven't announced the match yet because they aren't sure if he'll be ready by then. He is not. Sid made a brief appearance on Raw that week, and he then he never set foot in the WWF again until 2012. Oh man, he had to go on beat up. He slayed man. That guy got kids, man. <laughs> he had his he had his jorts on and asking. Well, he he got mad. Had to come out and beat up Heath Slater because he kept asking him, "How do you want your burger?" And he wouldn't tell him. Well done with ketchup. <laughs> right. I, if you eat a steak well done with ketchup, by the way, just stop us in this pod. I hate your guts. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, I was like the meme where it was, it showed like a, a typical, like, you know, barbecue ready dad. And it was like uh, how dads dress when they're about to barbecue, asking you how you want your burger, knowing damn well they are going to cook them all the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was Sid, man. Like, hey, uh, let's get the guys together. Go, go throw some horseshoes in the backyard. Horseshoes? Anyway. You mean softball, right? Not for a cookout. You got to throw. You got to throw horseshoes, man. Uh, I guess they, so. They play horseshoes out in. Uh, California. There's a little. There's a little. Um, there's a little spot up in Castorelli. Oh, you know that city because your cousins, right? There's a little yeah. spot up there, and uh, it's like it's Lake Chabot, and they do have a bunch of horseshoes. I remember because uh, I was a kid that used to play them. Wow. Yeah, that, was, that was always a thing growing up. Like my dad and all my uncles had a horseshoe pit in their backyard. Like, and whoever had the cookout had the horseshoes ready. Like, I don't know and why. If, that, if you're listening, you can't tell. Troy's family is white. Okay. White. <laughs> uh, well, now the thing is, yeah. and I hate the name of this, but now the thing is cornhole. Yeah. It's effing Dude, the other day, my buddy came over. I think you know him. And uh, I was watching something on ESPN the night before, right? Mm-hmm. So I turned off my TV. You know, he goes over, I turn back on. And Cornhole's on. He's like, what the hell watching? Point is, wow. though, I'm like, Cornhole has its own show or spot Gosh. or whatever on ESPN. This is real. 1,000% real. It's on is ESPN. It? Not two, not Deportes, the That's... ESPN. That sounds like ESPN ate the Ocho. Right. 
<laughs> Good grief. Like, that's nuts. I mean, it's fun to play it like Chuck E. Cheese or something, but I'm not going to watch it on TV or go buy it from my house. You know? Dude, that's play the new thing for cookouts, man. I, yeah. I, guess, I guess it's more convenient than having horseshoe pits in your backyard because you can put those away. Kids but... can't you know, break their ankle when they drop a beanbag on it. <laughs> and... And kids, yeah, like like you said about the kids, they can actually play it. I, you know, having a kid fling a horseshoe isn't exactly, you know, practical. But uh, here we've been seeing lately, like uh, Golden State Warriors and Oakland A's, San Francisco Giants, cornhole setups at Target. Like you can buy it. Thingy. Yep. So yep, like, we got uh, we got ones out here for Ohio State. So I know. Just Weird. throw the logo or whatever you like on the cornhole house. So. Yeah, it right. probably does too. I said it jokingly, but it probably does. It's like Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the WWF ECW relationship seems to be falling apart. <gasps> oh no! Oh good lord! Why? <laughs> and the planned ECW match has been pulled from SummerSlam. Oh, I said it too soon. Why? <laughs> what was uh, it? Do you know? It, it was supposed to be Jerry Lawler and Rob Van Dam versus the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer. So we should thank JBL for canceling, right? There's some God. Uh, maybe. Clearly, we need to thank somebody for that not happening on WBTV. Yeah. Well, uh, it all fell apart over various issues. For starters, the WWF claims that Paul Heyman had agreed to co-host Shotgun Saturday Night, and that's why they filmed an angle, quote, firing Brian Pillman from the show. Heyman said that he was never asked to do the show. WWF sent him a ticket to Des Moines, Iowa, where the show was taking place, and when Heyman didn't show up, the WWF spent the whole day after the show and the rest of the week trying to get a hold of him with no success. Chris Candido was there because apparently he still travels with Sonny, despite not working at the company anymore, and they reportedly tried to get Candido to reach out to Heyman also, uh, and he couldn't reach him either. So Paul went radio silence when they wanted him to get an extra payday in the WWF. And then he says, huh. they, they never asked me to host this show, sir. That is a nice lie. <laughs> yeah, so Shotgun saying I was the underground show, right? Yeah. So when I think of underground, hardcore cities, I think of Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> that's the most alarming part of the story. I'm like, why were you in Des Moines? <laughs> When they did so it in Grand Central Station, what everybody says when they're when like they're making an example of something. I remember when when Jim Ross saw Triple H returning in 2002 from his first quad injury. Yeah, it's like it made a huge impact because you know we were at the Garden. We weren't in like you know Des Moines, Iowa. With all due respect to Des Moines, so why is that like <laughs> the one people make fun of? <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's one of them. That's that's like up there with Peoria and whatever, like. That's because that's always the phrase. It's like, well, that's not going to play well in Peoria. <laughs> How does that even mean? Uh, it's just like, you know, the average Joe that doesn't live in a big city. Oh. isn't going to know what the hell it means, basically. <sighs> but anyway, Paul Heyman's reason for not wanting to do shotgun hosting job is basically because of his ECW responsibilities. Hold on. Pause right there. I thought he just said they never asked him to. Now he's saying why he's not going to. So you weren't supposed to catch that. Yeah. What? So which is it? 
he doesn't just want shut to shut up. <laughs> your business. Right. Uh, I like uh, uh, I, I like Jim Cornette's thing where he said, I wouldn't believe him if his tongue was notarized. <laughs> uh, I don't know would, why, he, but they made that made it into a video game when you're Jay Lawler was the uh, commentator in the game. <laughs> yeah, I bet I that and I like the uh, the other one where he said he'd rather climb a tree and tell a lie than stand on the ground and tell the truth. <laughs> it's a weird uh, phrase, but I kind of understand. Uh, but either way, he doesn't want ECW to be seen as a minor league promotion that's beholden to the WWF the way that the USWA and Smoky Mountain have been done in the past. Oh, yeah, wow. because they're totally on par, Greg. Yeah. The you know, WWF, one's got a million viewers, one's got, you know, 10 viewers. Right. Uh, hey, joke's on you. There are a thousand people in that building, okay? So, ha. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the WWF was also upset over the behavior of Sabu and Rob Van Dam, where both men didn't want to put over their WWF opponents in the way it was booked. WWF sources claim that Heyman was apologetic and embarrassed by their behavior when he met with Vince. However, Heyman denies that and claims that he had Sabu and Van Dam's backs, thinking that the ECW main eventers shouldn't be doing jobs to WWF prelim guys. Those prelim guys probably are more popular than their main event guys, though. Right. I There's a couple angles to this story. First of all, because I had heard, I think one of them was they wanted, uh, and this isn't even Road Dog. This is like, or no, and this, yeah, okay, he is Road Dog by this point, right? Mm, late 97. Okay, so he's still Jesse James at this point, right? Yeah, the real double J. Get that yeah, right, the real okay. double J. Yeah, right. Uh, excuse the <laughs> F out of me. But I guess they wanted him to beat Rob Van Dam, I think it was, and they were like, uh, no. But, well, see, when that's the example, I can I can see it. Yeah, I mean, I get it, because it's like main event guys, whatever. Bruce Pritchard's reasoning for it is similar to yours, though, where he's like, yeah, but our guys are on major TV and yours are not. So us just by us giving you exposure is good. And the really? counter argument, it, it's true to an extent, but at the same time, it's also like, yeah, but you're also saying, uh, hey, look at these guys from this other company. You should watch them, even though they suck. Because they can't even yeah. are minor leaguers. But they do suck. Except for that one guy. Yeah, I don't know. Sabu was notorious for walking out, so whatever. I had heard the story that Heyman was feeding into their egos, too. He was telling them, like, yeah, you shouldn't lose to them, whatever. And then he turned around to Vince and was like, I don't know what got into them. I'm so sorry. I may have another problem, sir. I will tell them to stop being such little bitches. You get your ass in that ring and do the job, sir. Either way, to further muddy the waters, because they need muddy and... Uh, ECW announcer Joey Styles has been openly talking about suing the WWF because a video they've been using shows him. The WWF made a video hyping Steve Austin and showed an ECW clip where Joey Styles is interviewing him. WWF had ECW's permission to use the footage, but Heyman claims that the WWF only asked permission for a certain segment of footage and they used something else instead. Given the Jesse Ventura verdict, where he successfully sued the WWF for a lot of money over unpaid use of his likeness, Uncle Dave thinks that the WWF is probably really careful about this stuff like uh, stuff like this now. 
So he's thinking that Joey's full of crap. Oh, did it go anywhere? Not to my knowledge. Yeah, I'm full of crap. Yeah, so I'm going to sue the WWF for you know using like using my image. It's like, okay, I, I'm sure if they, like, do you own the footage though? Like, I don't know how that stuff works. I really don't. But good. I Lord. just go off what Uncle Dave tells me. Oh well, yeah. I mean, he knows. He's been there. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't do this for the last few stories because it involved the WWF and their relationship with ECW. But these next couple ones are exclusively ECW. So you know what that means, Greg? It's time for... This Week in ECW. (laughs) Vintage. I haven't been able to do it in a few weeks. So there we go. Uh, Paul Heyman has given. If I side. may have another volley for this ECW news, sir. <laughs> this, if anybody's watched shoot interviews from Jim Cornette, uh, he's talked about this issue a lot. So here's the other side of it. Good lord, I'm already prepping. <laughs> Paul Heyman has given his side of the story about the agreement he made with Jim Cornette for his ECW debut. First off. There's no truth, according to Paul, to the rumor that Heyman gave Cornette creative control over the angle that he's working. Heyman said that he'd welcome any input, but he has the final say-so. Uh, as for agreeing to apologize to Dennis Carluzzo, Heyman says that his deal was that he would allow ECW wrestlers to work for Carluzzo as long as those deals were made through Heyman. Heyman never agreed to apologize in front of the locker room and says that he was going to bring Carluzzo to, or he would, and says that he was going to bring Carluzzo to the locker room to say that it was okay for him, uh, for people to work for him, but he didn't do that because so many of the ECW locker room still hates him. There was a lot there. Yeah, so a lot to unpack there. Uh, first off, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he said something about creative control to Cornette. I highly doubt it. Cornette also embellishes a lot with this crap, so whatever. What? I know, it's mind-blowing. Uh, second of all, Cornette, his whole thing was, he said that Paul Heyman did apologize to Corluzo. He just didn't like the way he apologized to him. Because, oh. yeah, well, hey, heaven forbid. For those that don't remember who Dennis Corluzo is, he was the one who ran the shell of that once was the NWA uh, at this time. And Carluzzo was pissed about the whole Shane Douglas throwing the NWA title down thing from like years before this. So there you go. Uh, and there's Carluzzo, been bad. Carluzzo was one of the guys that could kiss his ass. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, but yeah, so there'd been bad blood between Heyman and him between then, you know, since then. And I guess Heyman brought them in in a limo, uh, popped into the back of the limo, shook Carluzzo's hand. It was like, no hard feelings, sorry, and then he left. And apparently Cornette said that. Yeah, that's that the equivalent was, of saying, oh, my bad, bye. Yeah, like, <laughs> I get it. That kind of sucks. You probably wanted to talk it out, but uh, I don't know. It's like, were you wanting some big grand gesture? Like, he gets yes. down on his knees and grovels, and uh, it's like, okay. I really can't tell if you're being sarcastic. That's exactly what he wanted. I'm sure he did. <laughs> but the thing is... What would that have accomplished for Heyman? Like, he apologized. He did what he said he was going to do. Ah, bragging rights, I suppose. I'm just fishing here. 
Well, it's like he had no use for the NWA. Like as bad as we're talking about the ECW was at this time, the NWA was non-existent. So who cares if he had bad blood with Carluzzo? Cares, bro. <laughs> Nobody cares, bro. So yeah, uh, as far as the ECW locker room hating Carluzzo, I don't know what the f he did to make them hate him, but that locker room was weird. So I believe it. Like, <laughs> my thing is, it's like, were they trying to claim? Oh, he stiffed me on a payoff. It's like, um, have have you met Heyman? <laughs> Like things are about to get a lot worse for you, bro. Heyman didn't stiff anyone playoff on payoffs, dude. He was like blunt force trauma with him. Yeah, right. Like your check is in the mail, and it's basically a rubber ball because it's gonna bounce. Uh. Anyway, this one you could not cast a check for twenty years, sir. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I, I marked it for the first of the month in three years. I will have the money in my account then. Two thousand, never. <laughs> right. Uh, I marked it for February 30th. Anyway, um, this one is not funny. It's just sad. It's like, wow. Uh, Both members of the ECW tag team, the Pitbulls, who got a mention a few weeks ago, uh, both Gary Wolf and Anthony Durante were arrested by federal authorities last week on three counts of steroid and marijuana trafficking. Both were arrested at their homes and later released on bail until their trial. I never heard that before. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, if they did any time, it wasn't much, I don't think, because I don't remember them taking long periods of time off from ECW, but I don't know. I believe, uh, wasn't Anthony Durante the one that passed away? Gary Wolf was the one that, with the long hair? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Speaking of this, though, just in the past six months, Doug Gilbert, Tommy Rich, Steve Williams, Gary Wolf, Anthony Durrani, Big Dick Dudley, Vader, and Billy Travis, that's the only one I don't know on this list, have all been arrested on drug charges. Plus, Scott Hall checked himself into rehab, and Jesse James was suspended for failing a drug test. (sighs) That's in six months. Wow. And that's across all companies. It's not like you can point to one and be like, well, they have a drug problem. It's like no, the industry had a drug problem. Well, it was the 90s, though. It wasn't just the industry. I mean, like, look at the like the 90s series as a whole. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think Quaaludes uh, were still uh, uh, very popular back then, too. Kid, uh, R- River Phoenix. Oh, killed yeah. himself with drugs. Was that the probably 90s? Point... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the 90s. Okay. And then uh, Kurt Cobain, I mean. I feel like he might have been on something when he killed himself, right? I just Well, supposedly he had enough in his system to kill him before he ever shot himself. So So just it's not just wrestling, but I mean in this instance right here it is, but um, Right. It's just it's just I'm a looking lot up, when you put that together. I'm looking up uh Billy Travis and I never heard him before and Yeah. For what it's worth, he did pass away with a heart attack in two thousand two. Oh damn. Yeah, I assume he wasn't, like, a big name. The only reason I know who Doug Gilbert is is because his brother was famous. But I guess technically Doug Gilbert got kind of famous for calling Jerry Lawler a pedo on live television. Oh, yeah. I feel like we (laughs) mentioned that or covered it in something, one of our shows. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I really feel like, because that's not the first time I heard this. Yeah, we talked about that before. 
Uh, yeah, because he was like just like on a live mic. He's like, Jerry Lawler, you like little girls or something like that. I was like, holy God, dude. Was that the 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 time in nineteen eighty three when he got taken off TV because the the story that the little girl told and then pulled it back and said it didn't happen? Uh, I think that's what he was referencing. Uh, but yeah, now he. I've been uh, I've been binge watching old school stuff from nineteen eighty three. I'm getting to that point actually. Oh, I'm kind of wow. interested to see how it works on TV now, and why he gets pulled out of the match with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels just put in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I think they try to skirt around it and just kind of not mention it as much as possible. Because I remember when I was nine years old, like all of a sudden, the Star Series coming up and he's out. Shawn Michaels is in. And right. Like, Why? Because this whole thing was his brothers were coming out of retirement. Well, two of them were. Oh, still wrestling. Two of them were coming out of retirement to wrestle King because he's been talking crap about the whole family and his knights. And then all yeah. of a sudden, Michaels is there and he's his bodyguards on a whole other team. Like they're a hot duo at this time. They're split up at the, one of the big shows of the year. So if anybody I'm re- kind of interested. <laughs> if anybody remembers Jerry Lawler and his knights, uh, one of them was supposed to be Terry Funk until he got the memo that he was going to be unmasked in the match, which, by the way, never ended up happening. Uh, but they were all supposed to be unmasked one by one and be embarrassed, basically. And when Terry found that out, you know, uh, well, mysteriously, his horse got sick and he had to rush home. Horse is sick and. Your mother is a whore. <laughs> Good grief. We haven't got that in a while. Uh, so, yeah, Doug Gilbert, he was in a Royal Rumble, too. Was it 95, 97? I can't remember. I don't remember him ever being in one. Yeah, he was He was in one. He was just like a random. It's like, and hey, Doug Gilbert. And like, what the frick? Why? Uh, hold on. Now it's because he was working with the U.S. It was because he was working with the USWA. Uh, that's why, and they needed. It was ninety six. Why it was ninety six? Okay. Yeah. So he was apparently he showed up late for the show. I don't remember uh, that. Tra- that remember on top of my head, except for Michael's winning. That's probably why. It's not a memorable yeah. one, I guess. They basically now I'm just making because, excuses for forgetting. By the way, but whatever. Anyway. <laughs> uh, basically, it was because in ninety six the roster was kind of thin. So they asked Jerry Lawler to bring up some guys from USWA. He got Doug Gilbert booked, and then Doug proceeded to call him a pedo on television. So, yeah, uh, there you go. Loyalty, man. The more you know. Yeah, right. Uh, Moving on to WCW here. Uh, Nitro in Memphis, speaking of Lawler, drew a near sellout for $114,705, which is the largest gate ever for pro wrestling in Memphis. Ooh, <laughs> Lawler was hot. Uh, this was the Nitro where Diamond Dallas Page did a match with Randy Savage, dressed as Laparka, and then revealed himself when he Remember took that? the mask off. Yeah. Well, Uncle Dave, I was surprised at this comment. Uncle Dave says, you can usually spot angles like this a mile away, but DDP did such a good job portraying Laparka that most people had no clue until the reveal. Yeah, the dancing really is what Danny did. I? I mean, I realized <laughs> I was a kid, but even looking back now, I had no idea. I was like, wow, that was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, if you're looking for it, but who the hell was looking for it? <laughs> I I said the same thing about when um, Team Malenko addressed as, uh, was it Damien? Uh, Orange and black guy, I know that. Like he was wearing that, uh, like sequel pumpkin pay. colors. Sequel pay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was like orange and black because it was Halloween, right, or something like that. Uh, they both were. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but 
either way, Stevie Richards from ECW. Oh, I actually going back. Halloween was sequel pay. He changed his name after a while. I forgot about that. So, so technically that is correct. Uh, had to get it in. Stevie Richards from ECW <laughs> debuted as Raven's flunky and cut a promo where Raven punched him. It was well done, but if you're an ECW fan, you've already seen this exact angle, which is why they did it because nobody's watched <laughs> saw that before. Uh, also, during Randy Savage's match, there was a big Lawler chant. That's kind of funny. But well, remember, dude, he's like God in Memphis, man. Like as far as wrestling goes. And if anybody knows a history of Tennessee wrestling. Uh, the Poffo family ran opposition to uh, Lawler's, well, Lawler and Jarrett's uh, promotion at all times. So that was like a big crosstown rivalry thing. Uh, Eric Bischoff met with EMLL president Paco Alonso in Mexico last week and reportedly offered him $750,000 in exchange for letting WCW bring in 15 of their wrestlers. Alonzo then went to the WWF to see what they would offer, but Vince McMahon told him to sign with Bischoff because he had no intention of matching that offer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's three quarters of a million dollars, man. Like, good Lord. For 15 guys, like, that nobody in America has probably ever heard of. So just take the freaking money and run, dude. Good Lord. Nancy Sullivan is definitely gone from WCW, and she and Kevin Sullivan have definitely split up so the rumors were true. Kevin Sullivan is expected to return soon, but he might not get all of his power back since everyone has been thrilled with the job Terry Taylor has been doing as Booker while Sullivan has been out. <laughs> I wonder why Uncle Dave said that and thinks that everybody loves Terry Taylor. It's a, it's a mystery. I, I can't figure it out. Well, uh, your head. WCW has released The Renegade. Oh, no. Uh, Lanny Poffo. Colonel Robert Parker, Jerry Lynn, David Taylor, Pat Tanaka, and the French Canadians. Some of these guys might still be used per appearance, but they uh, may get their contracts restructured, but they have been released from their actual contracts. So, so the Jerry can... Lynn one was probably the biggest blessing for them. The rest, eh. Yeah, I know. Uh, oh, the Renegade. Oh. Anyway. Uh, the oh. Patriot, <laughs> dude, it's not I, funny. I know he's passed you're away. Gonna get, you're gonna get heat for that. <laughs> I know he's passed away, but come on, does anybody think he was good? Uh, the Patriot has been fired by All Japan Pro Wrestling. The Patriot has a torn bicep and told All Japan that he would be out of action for several months. He then went to the U.S., signed a contract with the WWF, and wrestled a dark match against Rockabilly. So, needless to say, All Japan. <laughs> All Japan he wrestled a match against Rockabilly. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, so, need, so needless to say, All Japan Pro Wrestling fired him. There are rumors that Johnny Ace may be jumping ship from All Japan to WWF soon also. Wrongo! Yeah. I mean, hey, Bischoff, hey, comb your hair for you. Hey, you're looking awfully vascular under that leather jacket. Oh, the hell you Shut your mouth. Why with <laughs> the hair? Oh, man. <laughs> Look, I've got this sweet-ass mullet, but you've got perfect hair. You want me to comb it out for you? Uh, Charles Robinson, pretty good. i got to help you move better, boss. Good Lord. Uh, in similar hey, news... Hey, Bischoff himself admits that, okay? 
In similar news, Vampiro has been working for Mishinoku Pro, but was fired last week because he claimed he was injured, but then they found out he was still working regularly in Mexico. Vampiro. Playing my damn music. Good lord. Yeah, so there you go. Hey, Vampiro screwing somebody over and lying. I've never heard of that before. Blasphemy. Yeah, right. I always thought he was a, you know, a, just a real good guy to do business with and, you know, never caused any issues. Him and Conan got along famously all their career. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a couple more things here to cover. In WTF News of the Week, USW, well, here's this guy we were talking about uh, with the drug issues earlier. USWA wrestler Billy Travis was shown being arrested on TV last week, and it turns out that it wasn't exactly an angle. Uh, Travis's ex-wife saw him on live TV and called the police because he owes a lot of back child support money, and they've been having trouble trying to find him. (laughs) Oh, my God. So police showed up and arrested him. Jerry Lawler asked the cops to wait until the show was over, but when they said they had a job to do and couldn't wait, so Lawler, <laughs> so Lawler then tried to work it into an angle and asked the police to let them film the arrest and have Travis pretend to resist as long as they wouldn't add a res- resisting arrest charge since he was faking for the cameras. That ended up that ended up being what they did. I love how Lawler is so beloved in Memphis. They're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but they did an angle claiming that Brian Christopher had filed charges against him. But the arrest everyone saw on TV was actually a real arrest, albeit played up for the cameras. Furthermore, this is the effed up part of the whole story, though. Uh, Furthermore, Travis's daughter was watching the TV show and saw it happen and was so hysterical at seeing her dad being arrested that they had to take her to the hospital. (sighs) That's when it stops being funny. Uh, A couple more things here are are MMA-related. This first one is... Not the funny of the two stories. I'm I'm ending on a high note. UFC has banned the term no holds barred and will no longer use it in advertising. And the announcers can no longer say it. The company is facing attempts on all sides. The company is facing attempts on all sides to shut them down. And no holds barred doesn't sound good when you're trying to get athletic commissions to allow your show or pay-per-view carriers to carry it. Instead, the plan is for the events to be referred to as mixed martial arts from here on out. They're still about five years away from legitimacy, so. Yeah. Aren't they still holding their shows on, like, Indian reservations at this point? Probably. Aren't they a little more lax with stuff there? Yeah. Eventually they get into Vegas because literally anything can happen in Vegas. (laughs) So, final story here. Sticking with MMA at a Vale Tudo show in Brazil. Vale Tudo. Valley to the okay. Uh, a guy named Gary Goodrich defeated Brazil, a Brazilian named Pedro Otavio, uh, by squeezing his balls in the fight. <sighs> at one point, he even I remember this. Hand. I mean, seeing it, I'm not watching it. But... Well, at one point, he stuck his hand down Otavio's shorts and grabbed his balls to squeeze and eventually got Otavio to submit. The Brazilian crowd nearly rioted and wanted to kill Goodrich for it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh man. Why is this a thing? By the way, in multiple shows this month, we have talked about ball squeezes as a submission. 
Go back yeah. to the ECW show we just did, uh, Heat Wave 95. That, wow. Can we also talk about Dreamer getting his balls hit so hard he had to drain them? Uh, yeah, that was only a couple weeks ago, too. Yeah. Gosh, a lot of testicular I'll never forget, stuff going on. I'll never forget that idiot fighting Fedor, thinking he had her shot, and Fedor like, killed him like less than <laughs> a minute. <laughs> Goodrich or the guy yeah, who balls? Okay. Yeah. Fedor killed him, dude. It was embarrassing. Well, if only he was able to squeeze Fedor's balls, maybe he would have had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I like how... Th- big Russian, he probably has balls of steel. So ain't gonna work. Who thinks of that, though? Like, you know what I'm gonna do? Squeeze his testicles. Like, and not just over the shorts. No, he reached down in his pants and grabbed a handful of balls. Why? Is it wrong that the first thing I'm thinking about is, like, I'm kind of germophobic, and I'm like, uh-uh. Uh. <laughs> I'm not touching another dude's balls. Like, what the hell, man? Under any circumstance, like, so you, so you draw the line of the dangling. It did bypass the balls, go straight to the dangling. There you go. <laughs> I saw a street fight end that way, where a dude, like, and oddly enough, this was in Russia. Uh, two Russian dudes were fighting. One dude pulled the other dude's pants down and just like pulled on his junk until he was like, "All right, I give up." That's rough. Yeah. What the I, hell I, is wrong with people? I cringe. I cringe at just thinking about it, dude. I know. Like, what the hell? Kind of like you know when you see like an ant or something, you feel like they're all over your body. Yeah. <laughs> well, that does it for the news and notes. Thank God. Thank uh, good Lord. We're going to take our next break. When we come back, it's Bash on the Beach time right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Main event 
and Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Just a bit of a break from the norm. Just a little something to break the monotony of all that. And we're back. We're back. Is WCW Bash at the Beach 1997. The date was July 13th, 1997. The tagline. Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Rodman crash the beach. Or excuse me, crash the bash. I think crash the beach sounds better, actually. Yeah, right. Crash the bash. Okay, then. Uh, the venue was the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, For those of you who don't know, that's where they were revealed. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, now in the archives, go back, check out. Uh, it was... Uh, TNA Bound for Glory is 2010. 2010, I want to say. Yeah, now in the archives. One of our most listened to episodes, actually. The attendance for this one was 7,851. Uh, you can't find exact like uh, capacity. They say this venue holds 9,300 for concerts. So factoring in, putting in a ring and all that other stuff, I mean, it, it looks like a sellout. But still, you think under ten thousand for a big pay per view like this? Like, I, I mean, Bischoff said they used to get the arenas well in advance. I'm sure if they knew Rodney's going to be there, they would have a bigger one. Yeah, well, they were hot as hell in '97. There's a hot ticket, but still, uh, the buy rate was 0.89, which amounts to five hundred thousand buys. It's half a million people, man. It's not uh, not too shabby. We start to show off a lot of with. Bullshit. Right. We start the show off with footage of the NWO repeatedly jumping and assaulting the giant and Lex Luger on WCW TV. The and giant. We, the giant. Uh, and then we get into this first match, which uh, happened. It was Wrath and Mortis. Why you're saying like that. It was Wrath and Mortis with James Vandenberg in their corner taking on Glacier and Ernest, not yet the cat, Miller. It went for 9 minutes, 47 seconds. And we weren't calling his mama yet. No. And Uncle Dave keeps referring to them as the video game characters. So, I mean, he's not totally wrong. But, uh, this one gets jump-started. Oh, video game characters could kick his ass, but... <laughs> you don't say. Uh, at one point, behind the referee's back, outside of the ring... Wrath pulls Glacier's head between the or puts Glacier's head between the ring post and a chair, and then Mortis kicks that chair, sandwiching Glacier's head, and somehow Glacier is still alive and kicking. Okay, uh, it's funny to see. Yeah, I just notice. I, I don't know if you notice this. Uh, it's funny to see that Wrath and Mortis hit what would someday be Beer Money's DWI finisher. I didn't catch that. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was uh, Mortis or uh, Wrath did like the suplex into a power bomb by Mortis, and I was like, <laughs> they hit the DWI. Uh, but Ernest was that the uh, powerplex? Triple X? Uh, maybe I don't remember. It's been been a while. But Ernest Miller comes in illegally at one point and literally kicks the crap out of everyone. Vandenberg slips a chain around Mortis's foot, gets on the apron, and Glacier kicks him down. Mortis then super kicks Glacier with the chain in the face. In the and win. face. And wins. 
Uncle Dave gave this two and a half stars. I gave it dose. What say you? I gave it two. It wasn't that bad. It didn't suck. It just, eh, I didn't care about these guys. Uh, something I did care about, though, was up next. It is Chris Jericho defending the WCW World Cruiserweight title against Ultimo Dragon in just under 13 minutes. In the end, Jericho rolls through with a Hurricane Rana attempt from Ultimo Dragon to pin him for the three count. Uncle Dave gave this four and a quarter stars. I gave it, oh, th- I gave it three and a half. <laughs> I gave it uh, three, but damn, dude. Four and a, what did he say, four and a quarter? Yeah. I mean, it was I good, was like, but damn. I know. I was like, holy cow, man. Like, he was just touching his little weenus to that one, man. Like you said, it was good, but she's a wheeze. Uh, after the match, Dragon is frustrated, and Jericho puts out a hand to shake. Dragon looks for approval from the crowd before finally shaking Jericho's hand. We now go to Mean Gene Okerlund on the stage wearing lays around his neck. Uh, not the potato chips, but like Hawaiian lays. Uh, he, ends, yeah, uh, he ends up walking up to Raven and Stevie Richards sitting in the crowd. Raven is staring at his feet, looking like McDonald's just ran out of boy toys for his Happy Meal. Uh, Sexy boy toys? <laughs> exactly. Uh, me Gene asks Raven if he can shed some light on who DDP's partner is tonight. Raven speaks in some weird poetry that sounds like an angsty teen scribbled it in the back of their math notebook. Uh, he, what the hell? <laughs> he, he's like, no one understands me. I'm Dark and mysterious. Uh. Not like, mad at me. You're mad at your father. I forgive you. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, hey, honey, you want meatloaf for dinner? Get out of my room, mom. I'm being dark. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, uh, he really doesn't answer the damn question. The mean gene then asks Stevie, why the hell is he even there? Uh, Stevie then says, oh, I got a scoop for you, Gene. And then he tells him, he tells Raven, hey, Tell him about that announcement you got for tomorrow night. And then Raven socks him. And then he starts he shoving him. the hell out of you. I felt that. <laughs> he knocked the hell out of him, man. <laughs> he did way, not hold back on that one, dude. Right? This was not, this is not uh, talked about enough, by the way. It's, I mean, it's not what I think about. Freaking, you look at Stevie Richards here. And you look at Stevie Richards like, I don't know. I'll say like 15 years from this point. He's the same. Like we He's in that about, group with uh, Kazarian and Billy Gunn. And you're right. Daniels. He, he lost some weight. He like he was always skinny, but he like got really skinny there for a while. But still, like, damn, dude, do you age? Nope. Uh, if you notice, he had a voice back then. Yeah, right. Uh, but either way, uh, up next is the NWO Japan, which is Great Muda and Masahiro Shono. Taking on the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott Steiner, went just over 11 and a half minutes. Sorry, who's the, the Great Muda's partner again? You say it. Masa, my hero, Chono. Masa, my hero, sandwich, Chono. Or it, it, for Ohio people that, that get this, Masa, Mr. Hero, Chono. Shout out to Mrs. Dad on that one. Uh, t- during the Steiner yeah, brothers. Yeah, you know, that's who you want me shouting out. Yeah, he had one of the greatest memes in WrestleMania history, man. 
uh, during the Steiner Brothers entrance, we get the infamous crab cam, where they make it look like a camera is inside a crab on the beach stage set. It was dumb. <sighs> they did this you, every is, is that really Is that really the name of it? The crab cam? Yeah, they called it the crab cam. They did this I previous years, too. That. Yeah, go back. Because they, they flashed the name at the bottom of the screen. I'm like, the crab cam? I, I mean, that's what it is. I get it, but like, the hell? Crab cam, huh? It sounds like something you see in like a backwoods porn movie. We'll move on. Oh, good lord. Yeah, uh, moving on here. Chono pulls a referee away from a pin at one point and doesn't get disqualified. Why? Don't why know. He? Yeah. Why? Because F you, that's why. Quit asking questions. Uh, I believe Japanese rules dictate you don't get disqualified over that. I could be wrong. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, you can just beat the snot out of the ref. It's perfectly fine. Just ask Red Shoes. Uh, but then the Steiner brothers instantly hit a, like, some powerbomb DDT combo on Muda for the win. I, you'd have to see it. I, I feel like the ending was super dumb. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. Let's say you. I gave it two, and it's weird because I love three of these guys in this match, and it was not good. Yeah, Chono's obviously like a god over in Japan. I never cared about him. I was like, eh, you're okay. But yeah, the other three, great. But moving on here, going from Japan to Mexico, we've got a six-man tag. And and yes, it does get better. I'm going to use your line that you used. I can't remember what show you were watching where it was like, this is like such a lazy booking. It's like, throw all the Mexicans in one match. It is. They just did that on Raw, by the way, this past week. Seriously, just all the black, all the black guys in one match. Wow. Good lord. So it. Only one of them has something great to offer, by the way. But they put them all together. Yeah. <sighs> well, this one is Juventud Guerrera, Hector Garza, and Lismark Jr. taking on La Parca, Viano Four, and Psychosis with Sonny Ono in his corner. I went just oh, over ten minutes. Oh, one of yours now. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, which one doesn't fit? Hmm. Well, it's clearly Hector Garza because he's not wearing a mask. So, yeah. Uh, That's a good point. (laughs) But Hoovy's dressed a lot like his dad, Fuerza Guerrera, in this match. If nobody knows what I'm talking about, go look up Fuerza Guerrera. You'll get it. Uh, But this was definitely a car crash with a with very little point to it. But it was fun. Viano 5 runs out behind the referee's back and swaps with Viano 4. However, Garza still gets the pin on him with a standing moonsault. Uncle Dave gave this four and a quarter stars. I gave it three. What say you? I don't like car crashes. You know that? Mm-hmm. But, like, this was designed to be one. So right. I had to say four going off of that. I took points away for there not being any point to this damn thing. They're just, again, it's throw all the Mexicans in a match. Yeah, you know what, Good though, guys on one side. Was, you might actually thought different if they put it as the opening match, which I think it probably should have been. But, uh, I get that, but even then, it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's not fun, and I didn't like the match. I did like the match. I still gave it three stars. It's just like, uh, I don't know. It was like, why? Why is this happening? Why is it on pay-per-view? I don't no, know. To that point, though, none of these guys are doing anything, so there's the why. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, Lismark Jr., by the way, when he first came out, I thought, if anybody knows uh, Lucha Libre, I thought it was Atlantis. I'm like, 
who is that? And I'm like, oh, it's Lismark. Okay. I forgot. He's kind of an underrated guy in these days. He was damn good. Yeah. And he ended up changing up his look later on. So it made him more distinct. Uh, But up next, it is Kevin Sullivan. Oh, God. With Jacqueline Moore and Jimmy Hart in his corner. He's taking on Chris Benoit in a retirement match. This goes just over 13 minutes. I will say I went into this expecting nothing. So uh, just go off of that. Uh, You got exactly what you wanted. Wow. Uh, But this thing is all action. I will say they start off just beating the piss out of each other. They brawl all the way up to the beach set because, of course, they did. Uh, Jacqueline and Jimmy Hart get involved a lot. Uh, In the end, Jacqueline gets in the ring with one of Sullivan's infamous wooden chairs. Because, you know, those are all over the place. Where do you get them, Greg? (laughs) Uh, Wooden chairs are us. I I think they're located in Daytona, actually. Yeah, they sell them by bulk. So Sullivan's like, uh, just load up the back of the truck. (laughs) Uh, You know what I'm here for. Fun fact, by the way, I don't don't know if it's a Sullivan thing because... Dusty Rhodes used that the night Ming debuted on Ming, and he just broke it on his head. Ming no-sold it and beat the hell out of Dusty. Yeah, that was an old-school thing. I just, like, in 97, it's like, who the hell has a wooden chair, man? Whatever. But uh, Sullivan asks for uh, Jacqueline to hand the chair over, but Jackie shatters it over Kevin's head. Why? Don't know! Uh, But then Ben... Just swerve, bro! Yeah, bro, swerve! Uh, anyway, uh, but then Benoit hits a swan dive headbutt for the win. Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars, as did I. Uh, it was pretty hard hitting. What say you? I had to give it two only because it feels like every single time these two fought, it was the exact same thing. I'm almost certain we've covered all their all over the arena matches. Pretty sure we have. Yeah, I, I can cover the last, last one, one and the first one, I believe, was bad. Great American Bash 96. Yeah, I think to so. To my knowledge, that was the first time I ever saw anybody fight in the women's room, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Dusty <sighs> Rhodes like, had a conniption fit over it. He was like, oh, they're, they're in the women's toilet. <laughs> like, okay. Like, all, all the damn time, though, dude. They just had a fight in everyone around the arena. They never had a match in the ring. Right. Uh, I'm just glad that we're covering something besides Benoit versus Mang for the first time in a couple of months. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, after the match, Jimmy Hart keeps shouting at Kevin Sullivan, saying, You let us down! I know I kind of sound like Mickey Mouse and Jim Cornette, but whatever. I guess that's over. Good lord. I guess that is kind of Jimmy Hart. He's like, What did I hear about you not want to wear the purity ring there, Kevin Sullivan? Huh? Uh, anyway, uh, he starts shoving Sullivan and jabbing him with his finger until Sullivan shoves him on his ass. Hart then takes off, still yelling at him. <sighs> whatever. Did you notice how the announcers were acting like he was like the greatest thing in wrestling history that we were losing? Yeah, right. It's like, oh, he's retired now, so now we can like him. It's like when, when presidents leave office, like, a, you know, five years later, it's like, ah, he wasn't such a bad guy, even though we <laughs> talked such crap on him when he was in office. Like, yeah, it's like, he's like when you're getting out of school for the summer, too. Well, that wasn't that bad. I'm off for three months. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. But up next, it is Jeff Jarrett defending the WCW <sighs> United States heavyweight title against Steve Mongo McMichael with Deborah McMichael in his corner. This goes for uh, about seven minutes. Way the, too long. 
And the continuity continuity of WCW doesn't care about the rules. Mongo chokes Jarrett with the camera cord right in front of the ref and doesn't get disqualified. Later on, Jarrett hits Mongo's knee tackle on Mongo himself. He then gets the Halliburton from Deborah. Mongo blocks it with his fist and then takes a shot to the face with it. Uh, Jarrett then pins him for the win. Dave gave it... Dave gave it a dud. I gave it dose stars for below average. Let's say you. I'm right there with Uncle Douche. Give it one. This was terrible, man. And continuing on with my why did this happen kind of thing. Why did Deborah turn on Mongo? Don't know. Considering Jeff's about to leave in like five minutes. <laughs> for a couple months, but he's on his way out, though. Well, hey, he, this ended up landing her a job on the WWF eventually, so there you go. But after the match, Deborah claps for Jeff and hugs him. They leave together as Mongo stands up and looks more confused than usual. Like, I thought we were married! <laughs> anyway. Uh, but hey, now, uh, you know, she can screw him in front of the camera now, so there you go. Too much? Anyway. A little bit. We now go to a black and white NWO promo with Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Rodman. Hogan says that the wrestling world, Lex Luger, and the Giant are going to be rocked by Rod the Bod and Hollywood tonight. Uh, Rodman says that he's ready to go tonight, and he talks about his opponents. Hogan says that he and Rodman are the greatest athletes on God's green earth, and tonight will be a natural disaster. Alrighty then. And then we get... This it is Scott Hall <laughs> and the and the macho man Randy Savage with Elizabeth in his corner. Uh, they are taking on Diamond Dallas Page with Kimberly Page in his corner and a mystery partner. It went about nine and a half minutes. DDP mystery right now, considering who the mystery partner is, all four of these guys are amazing. They should have had a five star match. Nope. But spoiler, they did not. <laughs> Uh, DDP's partner in this match. Yeah, well, let's just say his partner ends up being Kurt Hennig, making his first in-ring appearance in WCW. At one point, Page gets knocked out of the ring and is holding onto the top rope. Hennig gets whipped into the ropes and is supposed to flop over the pulled-down top rope, but he doesn't. So he flops down and Hall kicks him out of the ring. But because the storyline called for it, Hennig was mad at Page. And hits him with a double axe handle to the back. And then he walks out of the arena. Hall then hits the outsider's edge on Page. Followed by a flying elbow drop from Savage for the win. Uncle Dave said, quote, Kurt Hennig made his in-ring return as DDP's mystery partner. Looking heavier and more out of shape than he's ever looked. And was unimpressive in the ring. The crowd wanted Sting and were let down when it wasn't him. all did. End quote. Yep. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this a half a star. I give it a star and a half. Let's see you. I gave it one. I couldn't believe I gave one to these four. I know, right? If you think about it, other than Savage, this was an AWA match. <laughs> it was it was nuts. Uh, it freaking sucked, man. And, you know, I like how Dave was like, uh, he's out of shape and heavy, which is true. But as Kurt Hank is coming to the ring. Did you hear Heenan? He was like, this is the best shape of his life. I didn't piece that together till now. But <laughs> I'm like, 
uh, are you like telling us don't believe your lying eyes? It's like we can tell. No. Yeah. That'd be like if Chris Harris came out on Impact and they were like, oh, Chris Harris is back and looking better than ever. Like, no. He looks better now than he did before. I'll say that, but I don't know what that's saying. Yeah, well, yeah. When the bar was set that damn low, then yes. <laughs> Tipped him over it. Right. Uh, but after the match, the NWO celebrates as Kimberly helps Dallas Page to the back. And now we get our second to last match before the main event. It is Man. it is Rowdy, Roddy Piper versus the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, in uh, about 13 and a half minutes. Judging by well, the sound you... Show of hands, who wanted this? Uh, I kind of did. I will say, judging by your reaction there, I think you and I have vastly different opinions on this match, but <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, Piper starts off hot, you know, because apparently that's the only way he can start off. He blows himself up early. And then Flair ends up working on Piper's legs. Work the leg! Uh, These two beat the piss out of each other and lock in various submission holds. Flair ends up pulling a foreign object out of his tights. Uh, Shocker. (laughs) Right. Uh, It's the old school taped up, could be anything foreign object. And it probably is anything. It's probably like a... Uh, I don't know, something like that, like a pencil sharpener or something. <laughs> I'm going to assume he just kept wrapping tape around his around his fist and was like, looks good. <laughs> but uh, either way, he pulls out. Hey, you know what, though? To be fair, they always called it for an object. You didn't know what the hell it was. How do we right. know that, that was like from somewhere other than America? I want to know that right now. How do you well, know? Do you remember when uh, Turner outlawed the term foreign so they they said, hey, it's uh, they're they're not foreigners. They're international wrestlers. OK, so they took it literally for everything. And there are pay-per-views where Jim Ross is calling it an international object. <laughs> which makes about no dumb, sense. That's about as dumb. As, I'm not going to say it. I want to get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's as dumb as a football bat. It doesn't make sense. Like, oh man what you know, it's, it's funny i'm having a flashback right now you said turner said it um because if, if you were seeing ready to rumble dave arquette clearly calls rose mcgowan's chest foreign objects so well they, they get away with it because of the movie no uh, they they that was only for like it was one of those like temporary blood bands it never lasted so that was it's like uh there why would like, you just say why would you just say weapon yeah, well, that's a or or just oh, he pulled an object or an unknown object or something out. It's like no, 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 it's a, an international object. I had to. I was like, did he seriously say that? And he said it multiple times. Like, what's the? It sounds frick? like a. It sounds like a drug charge in court. What's the charge? Uh, holding international objects. Yeah, right. It's like <laughs> did, like did he bring that through customs? Like, did he have? How do you know he had that weapon imported? Okay, like that's what I want to know. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, I could say it came from Scotland, right? I mean, at least you got that. Players yeah, here, right. so right. Well, he pulls the object out of his tights. Piper fights it away from him, knocks him out behind the referee's back, and now, okay, this part is stupid. This is where I started hating it. Uh, Mago oh, runs no. out. <laughs> well, Mago <laughs> runs out to distract the ref, while Chris Benoit runs out to do a flying headbutt. 
Piper had moved off of Flair too early, and then he sees Benoit is like, oh, crap. And he lays back on top of Flair so that he can move at the last minute, and Benoit can hit the headbutt on Flair by accident. <sighs> the, the referee is now distracted by Benoit, so Mongo hits Piper with a tombstone. Uh, for anybody that doesn't remember, he did the tombstone because, you know, that he deserved it. Uh, Piper ends up kicking out of he, he like uh, Flair rolls on top of him for the pin, but he only gets a near fall. Piper ends up locking in a slipper hold and Flair passes out, giving Roddy the win. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I actually gave it three stars. I liked it until the horseman got involved. What do you say? I barely gave it two, man. They were both sucking wind within five minutes of the match starting. Uh, yeah. Anytime Mongo gets involved in something, I'm sorry. My, my interest already dips. Uh, man, that's, uh, yeah. What's funny, what's funny to me, by the way, is that the horsemen are clearly a heel group. Right. But yet earlier, Mongo, I feel like, was clearly the face in his match, and Benoit was clearly the face in his match. However, both those matches were heel versus heel. So what the hell was going on here? Uh, well, d- d- God dang it. Are you Thank questioning you. Terry Taylor's booking? <laughs> How dare you? Shut the hell uh, up. Rooster knows what he's doing, all right? Well, that brings us to our main event. So let's take our second to last break here. When we come back, we're finishing out the show right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team otherwise known as the main event marks the one and only greg superfly greg he was on and he was talking about his love of the game so you might want to come over and check that episode out if you like what you hear 
You can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. This one is Lex Luger and the Giant taking on Hollywood Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman with Randy Savage in their corner. It went 20, uh, just shy of 22 and a half minutes. So... I found a, a copy that somebody like actually recorded live and uploaded. I, I didn't watch this on Peacock, and they actually have the Jimi Hendrix song in their entrance, which was pretty sweet. Uh, but this is the first time I saw the giant wearing a singlet with biker shorts, like bottoms to him, kind of like his big show attire would eventually be. I didn't know he wore that in WCW. Uh, Rod, I don't know if, did you notice Rodman had like a big bruise on his right cheek? Yeah, um, I think he got into a brawl during the NBA, one of the NBA games. Oh, wow. I thought he maybe yeah. got elbowed in the face or something. In the face. Like uh, Rodman in a brawl? That's weird. I, yeah. What's, what's next? Ron Artest? <laughs> uh, partway through this one, the ref gets bumped and, quote, Sting comes to the ring. Someone. Yeah. It's clearly someone in a mask and that someone had a beard that was showing under the mask. So. <laughs> That's a dead giveaway. Not quite as bad as the black guy in the sting mask, but I couldn't say you never know with a really good tan. Yeah, he had that Starcade main event in tan, man. Uh, he went a little overboard. But either way, uh, he comes to the ring and he nails a giant in the back with a bat. Everybody's playing it off like this is really sting. And oh, why did he do this? Like, good Lord. However, the ref gets back in just as Luger locks Hogan in a torture rack. And he gets the submission victory, which I had never seen this before. I was kind of shocked. Uncle Dave said, quote, Rodman's deal with WCW is for two matches plus the Nitro appearances reportedly in the one point five to two million dollar range. It's expected that Rodman's next match will be before the next NBA season starts. But no word exactly when End quote. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wrestles again for years, does he? He wrestles the next year with Hogan against uh, DDP and Malone. But oh, it's exactly yeah. later. Okay, yeah. So it was not before the next NBA season. It was after. It was literally right after, after he won another title. Right. Uh, and either way, ratings time. Uncle Dave gave this a star and a half. I gave it two stars. It wasn't all that good. What say you? I gave it two only because Robin was a rookie and didn't look that bad. Yeah, I mean, it was fine for a celebrity match but yeah uh after the match though luger locks rodman in the torture rack macho man attacks luger to a major pop by the way (laughs) right (laughs) like Uh, the babies hit the roof (laughs) right uh macho man then attacks luger but lex locks him in the torture rack as well the nwo finally bails out but they're acting like they just won 
Yeah. It's a little weird. I'm like, okay. But that does it. Pay-per-view buys, dude. They won, trust me. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but that does it for that. That will bring us to our final break. When we come back, it's final ratings time. We're going to tell you what's coming up in the bonus show this Friday and next week to wrap up the month of July. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared the room. Shared a room. For we right? shared the room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do ever do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Hey, 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 it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Slow, mate. Take it easy. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you an experienced healthcare professional ready for a change? UNM Hospital is hiring. Visit us at unmhjobs.com and explore a multitude of career opportunities at UNM Hospital. At our teaching hospital and level one trauma facility, you will deliver more to our community at UNM Hospital. Visit unmhjobs.com to learn more. University of New Mexico Hospital is an equal opportunity employer. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gives us 6.3 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 6.5 out of 10. I give it 7.5 out of 10 for a C plus, B minus. What say you? Yeah, C minus. I've seen, we've seen way worse. Yeah. We will literally see way worse, too. But, yeah. <laughs> right. It was fine. That's all I can well, say. Since right now, this is probably the worst show of the month we're doing, because it's only going to get better. Right. Well, there is that. We are skipping forward one full year for this Friday, though. It is double main event week, which means you get a double dose of WCW. This Friday, we're covering Monday Nitro from July 6th, 1998. That is the night that Goldberg wins the WCW title in the Georgia Dome, might I add. 
forty thousand people, no one chanting his name because they piped him and uh, chants and all that too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah. So that is coming up on Friday. Very much looking forward to covering that one. Haven't watched a Nitro in a while, so it's exciting. Uh, July twenty seventh, however, closing out the month next Wednesday with our next stop on TNA in the year two thousand seven and. It is aptly named Victory Road 2007 for its 15-year anniversary. We're going to be covering it. I haven't watched it back yet, so I don't know if it's any good or not. Uh, We'll get into it. Victory Road was never one of them where it was like, oh, this is like a tentpole event or something like that. It wasn't, but it was also not usually a piece of crap either. So it's like right there in the middle. Right. And literally every title is on the line in a tag match in the main event. So that could be interesting. We will uh, uh, we'll cover all that next week. But, uh, yeah, that does it for today, man. Thank you for joining me, Greg. Yep. And we will see you all this Friday with Nitro from July 6, 1998. And next week for TNA Victory Road 2007. Hey, machines are rolling. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 